0: What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name is Ken Swanson. I'm the lead film and draft analyst for Arrowhead Pride. You are listening to the AP Laboratory. Insta reaction, really, to D. Ford being traded by the Kansas City Chiefs for uh, a 2020 second round pick. We're going to get talking about that draft capital and and what we think about that in in a minute, but... Uh, Speaking of draft capital, just wanted to make sure you guys uh, knew about the KC draft guide that myself... Matt Lane, Craig Stout, Jake Stack, we all are putting together. We're really excited to show you guys. It's a guide devoted to how players specifically fit the Kansas City Chiefs. And we're going to have over 200 write-ups talking about prospects and how they relate to the Chiefs. It's going to be really cool. I hope you guys all get a chance to take a look at it. Go to gum.co, G-U-M.co slash And in honor of the Honey Badger, who we're going to talk about here in a minute, promo code badger, gets you three dollars and twenty cents off of our nine dollar ninety nine cent guide so you can pre-order it now it releases april 8th and we've got our biggest discount uh going right now so no Damian wilson love no we're not we're not we're not adding a Damian wilson promo code he did he signed for like 5.6 million dollars over two years we are not giving him a promo code but Sam linebackers
1: you, matter Sam linebackers matter.
0: <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, yeah, I, you're right. And now they have one that, that definitely solves all their problems and they're not going to invest anything at <laughs> all, yeah. all moving He's going to
2: play 30% of the snaps. So therefore, you just give somebody, I don't know, like 30% off the, the guide.
0: I mean, that's not a terrible idea, but we're not doing that because it, <laughs> yep, no. Is,
2: no, no creative flexibility in this job, guys. Hey, anybody Fine. out there hiring? Okay. I need Fine. a new Fine. place. Fine.
0: Fine. Here's, here, we're going to do it. Fine. Promo code Damien gets you $3 off the guide because Damien <laughs> Wilson is going to play 30% of the snaps. I, do we'll you know do how it. disappointed Screw his name is not Damien? We'll do it. <laughs> it's not Williams. like we have anything important to talk about. We're going to spend two minutes talking <laughs> about this. Promo code Damien, if you go to gum.co slash kc draft, enter promo code Damien. Even though M I A N, you get, the, nope, per, you get the draft guide for $6.99. And I'll tell you what, you know what, let's do this. Because we got we to give away a guide. Can we put some courtesy. respect on the man's
2: name? Huh? Can we put some respect on the man's name? D A M I
0: E N. Yeah. Okay, see, this, this is important. Well, this is good.
1: Promo code Damien with an E. <laughs> D A M I E N gets you the guide. For
0: six dollars and ninety-nine cents. Go to gum.co slash case draft. And I tell you what, we're gonna do this. First person to enter Damien with an A gets a free guide. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> courtesy of courtesy of Carrington Harrison, our guy. Follow him on Twitter at c.harrison. Okay, can we start the show now? Is that okay? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> I, I that love that,
1: that was on. I love that, that was on uh on the podcast.
0: I don't you know at this point. <laughs> There's just too much it's going chaos, on. I needed it's something chaos. to blow off some steam, and apparently I just needed to rant about promo codes for three minutes. I don't know. But let's <laughs> let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and get this thing going, guys. Uh, great news. I'm just kidding. We'll see. I, I, I have a feeling you guys aren't going to be too happy about this. D. Ford, the, uh, the Chiefs' uh, leading pass rusher last year, most pressures in the National Football League, is traded to the San Francisco uh, 49ers for a 2020 second round pick. Craig, first thought, what do you think about the compensation for D Ford?
1: I, I, I wish that they would have gotten something this year, obviously. Uh, yeah. I feel like waiting till 2020 doesn't really affect the fact that the P, the Chiefs currently don't have any good pass rushers. Now, obviously, this this move doesn't happen in a vacuum. And for all those people saying, you know, well, if they let D. Ford walk, then he would have been a third round compensatory pick. That compensatory pick would count against the formula for 2021 based on what we've seen for Brett Veach with moves (laughs) that he's made so far. Brett Veach is not playing Kent's favorite formula. The Chiefs, the Chiefs had
0: Mitch Morse on the ledger for the highest compensatory pick possible before they signed the Honey Badger. We'll talk about him in a minute. So, yeah, no, they had a perfect chance of the third-round pick in 2020. Now they've guaranteed themselves a, a, a 2020 second. Second. Maddie, what do you think about the compensation here?
2: I guess there's, like, two different ways to look at it. When you're going in the vacuum just for what D Ford just went for, I don't think it's great. I think as a Chiefs fan or anybody that's just kind of watched football last year, you would expect him to fetch more than what is roughly equivalent to a third round pick of this year for D Ford straight up. Like it's just a second round pick next year. We don't know where the 49ers are going to be picking, but odds are they're going to be quite a bit better than they were this year with a healthy quarterback now adding D Ford. They're going to pick second in the draft, so they're going to come out of there with a Quinnen Williams or a Bosa. And I mean, it's just they're all of a sudden have a very good defense, a better offense, You don't know where they're going to be picking. So this could be a mid to late second round pick next year for D Ford that you have to wait a year to use. But like Craig said, this move isn't made in a vacuum. Excuse me. They definitely have some other kind of pick or move coming in there is something coming around the corner. This move was made hastily today. It was made before the free agency actually opened. There is something coming with this money that was saved, and it's going to be more than just re-signing Chris Jones or extending Tyreek Hill. There's something that they needed this money for, and they wanted it, and they went out and got it and got decent compensation in return, even if it's a little bit less than what I think most people thought he was worth at this point in time.
0: Yeah, I I I would have liked to have an asset this year to play with because, you know, they're still in that Mahomes window, right? They're trying to they're they're pushing for good things. This is the second straight year that the Chiefs are gonna root for an NFC West team to suck. <laughs> and last year it didn't turn out so hot because the guy that they wound up, you know, obviously Marcus Peters didn't have a great year, but they wound up having a great season. They went to the Super Bowl. They literally went as close to winning a Super Bowl as they could. So now the Chiefs have the sixty third pick. I, you know, so this year this it's we're just we're rooting for an NFC team, NFC West team to suck again. Um, hopefully they do. I I wish terrible things on the San Francisco Forty Nine ers. Not you know anything injury related just I hope that just everything is I go I hope I hope the thing just blows up I hope shanahan just loses his mind you know <laughs> I hope I just I hope you know Robert Sala or whatever his name is is just he just he just like doesn't figure it out at all like all these new pieces he just can't use them like he lines up D Ford at corner or something he just has like a a, a mild hiccup in his brain or something just bad things to happen to the San Francisco 49ers on the field that's it.
1: What do you, what do you think D-Ford's hips would look like as a corner? you think he's fluid enough to be able to make that transition? Compared to this vertically? Compared
0: to this draft class? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, Joe Wan's about the same size as him, so... That's
0: Joe fair. Wan's got fluid hips. We can. This isn't the draft show. No, no. no. Oh, sorry. Excuse me, me for talking
2: about a prospect kit. You never <laughs> saw that coming before. <laughs> All
0: right, I want to ask you guys... Um, why is D Ford not here? Just give, like, like we, we talked a little bit last week. Let's try to just kind of give our theories. We kind of threw some ideas out about what it could be. Maddie, in your heart of hearts, why is D Ford not here?
2: All right. I got to say this very clearly and like pick the words carefully. D Ford fits a 4 3. D Ford is going to play in a 4 3 in San Francisco. D Ford is going to play the Leo or weak side defensive end for the San Francisco 49ers. He doesn't fit quite as well for Spaggs' defense because Spaggs has always preferred a little bit more length. He prefers his defensive line across the board to play against the run a little bit more while he gets a little bit more speed behind them to chase things down from side to side. This doesn't mean he's not looking for good pass rushers. Just if you look back through his teams, he's drafting a little bit bigger and a little bit longer ends. And rush guys to set up on the line, which just doesn't quite fit D4. It's not that he doesn't fit the scheme. He just doesn't have the exact traits that Spags has looked for in the past. And it's not that he's a bad fit. He's just not going to be on the team beyond this year, no matter what happened. They went out and got something for him that they could use. They are clearly going to address Edge at some point in time.
0: Craig, how about you? So anything here with this situation, you know, any reasons, like what are you buying for the reason that d Ford is no longer here?
1: I I think the only real reason why I would buy that he's not really here is that Steve Spagnuolo doesn't think that he's long enough to play on the edge there and that the Chiefs weren't ever really planning to sign him long term. So they were looking to get something for him, just something at all. And like, like Matt said, he fits and not only does he fit in the 4-3, he fits in the 4-2, which is where the Chiefs are going to play the most this season. In the nickel, 70% of the time, you need pass rushers on that. So, the fact that they're moving on from him means that there is some kind of plan. They're not just going in there with Breland speaks and a wish on the other side. So, I I think that clearly, you know, he just uh, he just didn't make sense for him.
0: I I keep going back to I just I do wonder if they just don't trust his back totally. I
1: you know I I, I you look at they're trying
0: to get compensation now. They get good compensation for twenty twenty. They basically get better than the compensatory pick that they wouldn't have gotten anyway. To Craig's point, because Brett Veach would have spent all the money anyway, but. <laughs> I, I just do wonder if they're just they're trying to get out early. They're moving on. They don't trust the back completely. I just I can't escape that. Like it doesn't make a ton of sense. I can't justify scheme. I I can't justify scheme for it. Like I don't buy the scheme thing that much. It's just I mean I know there's hints of it. And like yeah, there's might be some truth to it. But he's still a very productive pass rusher. So. That's just kind of where I, I think I think there's more to that story. I think there's gotta be some lack of trust with his back. Okay. We're moving on, guys. Where do they go from here? They've got a lot of rush options uh, that they're gonna have to try to figure out. I mean, they they've got you know they've got to try to sort through, you know, whatever's left in the free agency. They've got some options in the draft. Hello. I'll just say this right now, and then Maddie, I'm gonna have you kind of talk through some rush options. I will eat my hat oh no i will eat i will eat this i will eat i'm gonna tweet this out later i will eat the tweet if the cheese pick at 29
2: well i mean that's not too wild of a take for you you eat double
0: rice in a chipotle bowl so i don't know <laughs> I, will, time about filler anyway. I will eat a chipotle bowl if the chiefs i will eat a chipotle bowl to matt's liking if, oh. if the Kids, Chiefs do, you couldn't eat a
2: chipotle bowl that I ordered in an entire day. It would huh? take you 3 days to nibble on my chipotle bowl.
0: Well, no, I've I'm gonna, this is eat- this is how it's going to work. If the Chiefs pick 29th, actually pick 29th, I will eat a chipotle bowl how you design it. But it can't be like quadruple meat. Like I'm, well, I'm, I I mean- I'm balling on a budget here, okay? <laughs> Double meat fine. You want me to not eat rice? Okay. I will eat a Chipotle bowl to your liking if the Chiefs Dude, I'm gonna pick twenty nine in this draft. Just
2: buy cheese and lettuce. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine.
0: That's fine. No, I bet you no, that's I'm pretty you. cheap.
2: I mean, I don't think that the Chiefs are picking at twenty nine. I think that, barring some kind of crazy release or trade of another edge player, I think the Chiefs are trading up. I feel pretty confident right now saying they're trading up for an edge rusher. I mean, obviously it depends on how the board falls. If you have six edge rushers go in the top ten. It's not going to happen. But if you get somebody, I think you're kind of looking at Cleveland Farrell seems to be on the outs of the top guys just based on a lack of elite testing or doing all of his testing so far. Or if Brian Burns' concerns over size and run defense are true, he is closer to D-Ford. Burns, that is, is closer to D-Ford than these other guys, but he's longer. He's got a little bit more room to keep growing. He's not a perfect fit based on what we heard about D-Ford, but he's still a guy to look at. Farrell's like pretty much the perfect 4-3 defensive end. Those are the guys I'd look at for the Chiefs trading up to try to draft. I'm still on board, though. Sign me a young, not young, an older veteran, cheap, prove-it edge rusher Free agency. Ziggy Ansah's one that comes to mind. I'm okay with Shaq Barrett would even be okay. Marcus Golden. There's plenty of guys out there that I think you could get for a reasonable price tag for one year that could help bridge the gap.
1: Yeah, and I'd throw Vinnie Curry into that yep. same sort of older free agency guys that make sense, but they're not guys that you're really counting on to kind of, you know, carry the load. You're you're counting on them as a rotational guy with this rookie that you're having to trade up for now. I mean, it it couldn't be more clear now that the Chiefs are attacking an edge player in the draft. Yes, I mean they they moved on from Justin Houston and D Ford in the span of what. 48 hours, 72 hours. I don't Something remember like exactly that. when Houston was cut,
0: but honestly, it, all these days have run together, Craig. So, I
1: absolutely they have. So, uh, the Chiefs are definitely going into this offseason with no pass rushers, they have to go get one. It just so happens to be a good pass rusher draft. I, I just think that they're trading up for that specific position, and that's all of it.
0: I'll just say I don't think the Chiefs are setting out to get 22 sack production from two guys. You know, I think what this is, I think they're going to cobble pressure together. So you're going to hope that Damian with an E Wilson is able to to get a couple sacks. You're hoping Tyron Matthew, we'll talk about here in a second is gonna, you know, be able to generate, you know, three, four, five sacks. I mean, it's it's gonna be a a group effort. And, you know, like it it could it could be possible. Chris Jones is still I mean, I don't know if they're gonna lead the NFL in sacks next year, but they're still gonna be able to generate pressure. They're still gonna be able to affect the quarterback. It's just gonna be different than how they've done it. Um and they're gonna have to spread that cap space around to, to kind of try and, and cobble together enough pressure. Speaking of that cap space, that's a big piece of this. What, what do you think that they're going to do now? Like, I mean, with that cap space, what what's the plan here? How, what, what do you think that they have earmarked for that cap space? Because, I mean, you know, they're definitely making moves with it. They're not sitting on that money. What do you think the plan is now?
1: I, I think that probably uh, they've got to go get a corner. You know, if they're trading up for an edge rusher, we you joked earlier that this corner class is not very good. It It's not. It's got a couple guys at the top, and then it really falls off in a hurry. But they, they've they got to get an impact guy, a guy that can start on the outside. They don't have that guy at all. Steven Nelson signed today for over $8 million a year in Pittsburgh. See you, Steve. So uh, they've got to go get a guy in the draft or in free agency. Ronald Darby's out there. Maybe they make a trade. They've got some assets here in the draft. If they can find a team that's looking for a, a day two pick, they have six of them now over the next two years. Maybe they can make a move to try and get a guy that a team's trying to shed a little bit of cap space to make another signing that would make some sense but I think all of it's going to come in that cornerback position
2: yeah I think they're going to be active I would already mentioned just some cheaper one-year kind of prove-it-deal edge rushers I think you can look at the same thing along the defensive line but I'm also not ruling out another safety at this point in time I think at some point in time we're going to cross the Tyron Matthew Eric Barry Bridge here tonight with you guys but I'm not ruling out signing another safety. There's still plenty of quality ones out there right now. There's some guys that could be had for cheap. Then there's a couple guys, haha ha Clinton Dix. If you really want to get wild, if you're dead set on paying two safeties, $30 million to play together, go ahead and go sign Earl Thomas as well. And then just move on from Eric Berry. If you're dead set on that being your move. If not, you got Trey Boston's. Haha Clinton Dix doesn't have a very big market right now. I don't know what he's going to command. There's guys out there. Glover Quinn's an older guy, but he can come in and play for a couple of years while you mold another young player. So you have safety options out there that you can get. Craig mentioned the corners. And I still think at some point in time you're getting another offensive player. Don't know who or where, tight end, wide receiver, something. There's going to be other moves made. They cleared space for something. And besides Darby and Earl Thomas, you don't have a big money free agent left on the market for the Chiefs to go after. So there's going to be multiple players, in my opinion, coming in at some point in time.
0: Right. And like I guess like the way I look at it is like, I don't think that you know, all these things that are things we've talked about already, you know, like we've talked about over the course of months is, you know, maybe they go, you know, they're going to probably address cornerback and free agency. They might look to trade for a cornerback and free agency. They might look to, you know, someone's going to want to come play uh, on the offensive side of the football. That's going to be enticing. That could be potential value. Like, I mean, I think these are all things that we're talking about. I just think what, I think what we know now is like, more of those options are available. Multiple of those options are available. They're able to spread $15.5 million on the cap this year around a little bit to identify some spots and and maybe fill, um, fill some spots with some warmer bodies, right? You know, like some better players. So I think that's kind of where I look at it. And I just say they're... They've got more flexibility more than this. You know, it's earmarked for this player and this player. I think they're just, they have the ability to do a variety of things now. And I don't think I hate that idea is spreading some of this cap across the roster, across the landscape of the roster, build depth build more players and hope that some of these players ascend. I mean, you know, maybe Damien Wilson gives you a little juice off the edge next year. Maybe they're able to generate three or four sacks off with him and stuff. You know, I think that's, and that's kind of an optimistics perspective, but I think that's kind of the hope is just put some money across the board and see what happens. Right. Um, okay. Well, we're going to move on from D Ford. Best of luck to D Ford. Hope everything happens. Really happy that you got all the money. You seem like a nice dude. Good money, good money for him seventeen point five million dollars a year over five years. Congratulations, awesome. 40, good for him forty five million dollars guaranteed. So I mean that's all right, right? I mean whatever. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean yeah. when you saw the you market know. shaping up, I think that was pretty obvious that it was coming his way. It, the guaranteed that surprised me a little bit though. I was surprised somebody mm-hmm. was willing to throw that much up front at him based on what you've seen. But the overall ta- I mean price it seems about right compared to what we've seen other guys get earlier today.
0: Sure. Uh, one of the one of the deals that the Chiefs have struck since we've last talked get fellows, and you can find a really well written article from Craig Stout on Arrowhead Pride about the Chiefs signed Tyron Matthew, which Woo-hoo! the honey badger. The honey badger is here. It's more like the money badger. That's true. I
1: Fourteen million dollars a year.
0: Fourteen million dollars a year. We don't know the guaranteed yet. We're gonna probably find out the guaranteed figures tomorrow. Ian Rappaport said 14 million guaranteed, and if that's the case, like that's a baller Oof. move by Brent oh, Veach. Oh my goodness,
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. But that's I, a
0: killer move. Yeah. I just wonder if it, I just wonder if he slipped his tongue because like 14 That'd million, sure. like I wonder if he's just trying to say 14 a year, but he said 14 guaranteed. Because but if he it's he just said 14 that, million, you think
2: he would come out by now and be like, "Hey, hold up, guys, that's not what I meant." Because it's made its rounds.
0: I mean, like you, you're not wrong. It could you're not wrong. Uh okay, so Craig, you you've you've dove in on on Tyron Matthew. What what do you think about him? What do you think about the move?
1: You know, uh, the, the word for Matthew is what everybody said since since you know the Chiefs have signed him. He's versatile. He plays all over the place. He fra- he plays as a deep safety. He plays as a box safety. He plays as a slot sl- safety slash corner. He he plays all over the place. And he's got the range, speed, size, aggression, all of that cover skills to do every single one of those things at an above average level. He's not going to be necessarily the same deep safety that Earl Thomas was. He's not going to be the same box safety that Landon Collins was. But in Spagnuolo's scheme, if he's asking these guys to play a lot more match zones, where guys are going to get matched up and have to carry routes vertically and throughout the entire routes, guys like Landon Collins having to cover deep and, you know, cover through the entire route tree, maybe make a little bit less sense. I still think that Collins can do it, but make less sense than a guy like the honey badger that can go out there and be able to run with all these guys and fit into literally any coverage shell that Steve Spagnuolo can ask him to do. I think it's a really good signing I think he's a leader on and off the field. I think he's a dude that Houston is very sad to see him go, so that's always a good thing. And he was only there for one year. It's not like he had an established relationship with that city. He showed up and owned that locker room that had J.J. Watt in it. So I I think he's a guy that's really going to help change the culture on that side of the ball, which we all know is very sorely needed. (laughs) And he's going to be a guy that can contribute and be able to play in the versatile way that uh Steve Spagnolo wants.
0: Maddie, yeah, I'm just gonna ask you straight up. I wanna ask you this. What you know, like we saw the laundry list of positions that Tyron Matthew lined up. What's his primary position? Where does he line up the most snaps for the Chiefs next year?
2: Oof. It's tough to say for the Chiefs. I mean, I'm gonna fall back on what he's done the best. So going based off of PFF grades, where Houston lined him up the most and where he had been trending since his last knee injury and after 2015 in Arizona, I think you're going to see him play closer to the line of scrimmage more than you're going to see him play deep or in the slot. If he's playing that box safety role, the traditional one that you've seen from Spags, even if he gets more coverage duties out of it, he's still going to be matched up with slot receivers, sometimes running backs and tight ends. He's going to be matching them, so he's going to take them on certain routes. There's going to be plenty of man elements there, but he's a very good run defender despite his size. I know you look at his athleticism and his size and people just immediately throw him at free safety. Out of the three main things that a safety does with man coverage, box, and play deep, he's played deep safety by far the least in his career. Not that he can't do it, but that's just where he's played the least. So I would lean towards him playing in the box more than not, but he could play either one, like Craig said. I think it really depends who they're going to play next to him, and he can kind of do whatever after that. That was one of the big things that I got of when looking through it and then reading through Craig's great article and then watching this film myself is he's just so darn good in the box at moving through traffic, avoiding blockers, either crossing the field vertically and just avoiding traffic or cutting in through on blitzes or trying to get runs in the backfield. So I'm putting him near the box. I'm letting him eat from there. And the biggest thing I want to touch on was just that leadership He came out and said that when he was in Arizona, he took a bag seat to Calais Campbell, to Patrick Peterson, because they were there. It was their team. He let them do their thing and just provided intensity. He went to Houston. They have J.J. Watt, Jadavion Clowney. They have guys, veterans in the secondary. Tyron Matthew just showed up and said, "Nope, I'm going to be the leader here. It looks like they need a leader. I'm going to be that guy. And everybody in that organization said so. He was pretty much that from day one. That is what the Chiefs needed. That's why I'm okay with paying him or I was okay with paying Landon Collins over what we saw as market value because those guys are leaders that are going to bring it all every single snap. You don't get that by paying two safeties $7 million each. You don't get that kind of leadership from those guys. You get it from the top flight guys. So I think that's a huge thing and why you kind of got to look at the money in a different light.
0: Yeah. And I think that's fair. And I, I tend to agree with you. I, w- I want Tyron Matthew near the line of scrimmage. I think that's where we've seen him have a lot of success. And it does kind of create some issues here. I, I want to jump in. I mean, Eric Berry, there's... I mean, there's a lot of questions about Eric Berry. And I want to get to that here in a second. I do want to ask Craig. You know, we've talked with... You know, what you guys have charted about Spagnolo About how there's been a very defined box and free safety rule, right? So... If Tyron Matthews got this versatility that he's able to do so much, is that Spagnolo's taking Spagnuolo taking a year off and pivoting to to find more ways to use a guy like Matthew? Or explain that? Like, I I am I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking out loud. Like, I, obviously this is speculation, but it seems like there's been some rigidity to his roles with his safeties. Now you've got a guy with some versatility.
1: Yeah, uh, there definitely is that that sort of static roles with a deep guy and a box guy. But I think that part of that is, you know, Spagnuolo even said that when he took a year off, that he spent a lot of time watching film, watching the college game as well, watching what teams were doing, watching, you know, kind of... Spread offense has, has evolved greatly since he took over in 2007 and was the Giants defensive coordinator. He talks about regularly... Self-evaluating, kind of figuring out how to use guys, where to use guys. There's a great little coverage video that he did with NFL Films. And one of the things that he said in there is that if you're static, you're beat. And I love that. I mean, he should have hybrid coverages. He should be a guy that's that's sort of shifting and rotating and trying to keep offenses guessing and matching. You know, pattern match coverages are definitely that. It could simply be. That he took some time off, evaluated the landscape of the NFL, saw where it was going, and recognized that he needs these hybrid-style defenders to come and do that. Now, that's not to say that he's going to go full Bob on it, where he he wants guys that are just okay at things. He's not just going to put a guy in a spot just to put a guy in a spot, but having a guy that's well above average at literally everything is going to be a boon for this defense and be able to allow him to kind of shift his coverage calls a little more.
0: Okay. Maddie, I want to ask you that we're, we're going to move on to Eric Berry because I mean, look, Therese Paylor has come out. He's, he's said on uh, on the radio that if the chiefs, you know, get in on one of these prime premium safeties, that Eric Berry is likely gone. Eric Berry, as of this, as of this recording right now is currently a Kansas city chief. Maddie, do you, do you think Eric Berry's gone?
2: Yes, I do. I, you have a couple more days to find out for sure. And if he's here past that, then that's another bridge. We'll have to have that conversation next week. I mean, one way or the other, this conversation's being had again next week, whether he's here, not here, and that's absolutely fine. But if I'm betting right now, I don't think you go out and spend $14 million on a safety if you're actually expecting to keep and for Eric Berry to be here. It just, I mentioned earlier to go out and sign Earl Thomas and spend all this money at safety. That's just kind of a joking thing because I don't think you spend that much of your cap space on the safety position. And if you are, you better be darn sure that the guys are going to play. I don't know how you can have this confidence that Eric Berry is going to play. And it might not even be purely injury-related. So I don't see how you keep him. I don't see how you roster his money going forward. You can save, not a ton, but some by designating him post-June 1st. Do it. Rip the band-aid off, move on, collect that money for your draft picks, give you a little bit more money this year.
1: Yeah, and, and let me let me touch on this because there's been a lot of conversation about the cap hit for Eric Berry and a little bit of confusion here. Um Eric Berry is due seven point two five million dollars of his contract to be guaranteed on Friday. So there will be <laughs> a move that happens. But if he's on the roster on Saturday, he's going to be on the roster for 2019. So we'll know immediately. This isn't going to be a thing that gets dragged out. We're going to know very soon. If you outright cut him, you save $1.55 million against the 2019 cap and you free up $13.5 million for 2020. That's $15.05 million against the cap. If you designate him as a post-June 1st cut, you save $9.55 million on 2019. So a little more on 2019 and five and a half million on 2020. Again, $15.05 million It's just a matter of how you're splitting it up. If you want it to be a little more on the 2019 cap, you can designate them as a June 1st cut and have that there. Now here's the thing where everybody kind of gets a little bit lost on this. Everybody kind of looks at it as, if we just wait until next year, we'll save more cap by cutting Eric Berry. Then you ride it out. That's not the case. Eric Berry has dead money of $8 million in 2020 if you cut him outright or if you cut him as a June 1st cut this year. So it is the exact same amount of money that you save against the cap if you wait until next year or if you cut him you know, as a June 1st cut in 2020. Yes, Ken.
0: And I'll just I'll just add that, you know, with June 1st cut, when you designate someone as a post June 1st cut, so they would just cut him this year or this week if they were to remo- to move on from it, they cut him tomorrow, Thursday, Friday. Uh, and they would not be allowed to use that cap space that they save with a post June 1st designation until after June 1st. So they're really not going to have that cap available until after June 1st. Now, That that shouldn't be a problem because you just spend all of your available all of all of your available space now, right now, and then after June first, that nine and a half million dollars is you know you could use that to sign some or all of your rookies. You could use that space. Um, as kind of your emergency fund during the season when you know you need to go find and make an investment, so that's how that they can utilize that cap space to their advantage this year. Use everything up to that nine and a half million, and that's basically your emergency fund uh, for the 2019 season. So that's how it all makes sense. That's why it makes sense to move on from Eric Berry. I don't, I don't think. Oh, Craig, did you have something else you wanted to yeah, add?
1: Yeah, And one more. Uh, you can't June 1st in 2020. You can't use the June 1st cut in 2020 per. Our guy over at 6'10", uh, Brandon Kiley, he he brought this up, and I I looked it up and confirmed it as well. On the last year of a current CBA, you cannot designate a player as a June 1st cut. 2020 is the last year. So they don't have an option to sort of push that into the future again for next year. If they're moving on from Eric Berry, it, it, they, they just don't have another option other than to outright cut him in 2020.
0: And so, I mean, like, I think there's a lot of things that just, like, they don't add up with, with Eric Berry being on this roster moving forward. I know every single person on Twitter has quote tweeted Mike Clay uh, today saying per reports that Eric Berry is going to be moving on when they were listing Justin Houston, D Ford. Um, we'll see. I mean, I I think it, it, there's it's a very logical move to move on from Eric Berry. And I know there's a lot of emotion behind this. And like, frankly, like, it may not seem like it, but I think there is for all of us too. We appreciate Eric Berry. We, you know, we all grew up watching Eric Berry. I mean, Craig was in, you know, Craig was in his 40s when Eric Berry was drafted. But you know, for us, I mean, like this is a guy that I was in college when Eric Berry was selected, right? And you know, I followed him through, you know, big piece of my fandom. And um, I, what that guy's been through is phenomenal, and and how he's been able to persevere, but. I mean, it's it's also you know this is a business, and it might be time to move on from Eric Berry. We'll find out here shortly. A uh, couple other moves, guys. Uh, we'll we'll get to Damian Wilson. How about that? Uh, we got to talk about another move that the Chiefs made. Two years, five point six million dollars uh, total for a a potential Sam linebacker, Maddie. <gasps>
2: I think the word potential there is used very loosely because he's just about the only Sam the Chiefs currently have on their (laughs) roster. I think we can go ahead and – I think you're safe to take pin on that one. You might want to have Whiteout handy just in case something wild happens, but I think you can put that one in pin. Damian Wilson's probably going to line up as your Sam. That's what he did last year for Dallas. That's what he's best at. He fits that role perfectly. I've only kind of made it through a game and a half so far, but I think he's the kind of guy that when you start watching him, you see what he does well really early on. And then you see what he struggles with really early on, if not for his play, but by, for the fact that any time that it's a passing down, he comes off the field. It's very simple to see the one or two pass plays a game that he's on the field, that he's just not super comfortable in space, dropping into coverage unless he's just kind of covering a shallow zone into the flat where he's breaking downhill, which is fine. That's what he's going to be used for. He's going to take shallow zones, work his way into the flat. He's out there to help stop the run, and he's great at it. He dominates tight ends when he's up on the line of scrimmage. He's more than willing to mix it up with an offensive tackle and hold the edge. So he's this perfect Sam. He's this Jag, that just another guy Sam that we've been talking about for a while now. The Chiefs don't have to go spend the draft pick on one late on day three. They might, but they don't have to anymore. He is what you should have been expecting all along as the Sam. As fun as Jamie Collins would have been. It just made more sense for this to be the case based on history and the fact that you're going to only run him out there a third of the snaps.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, on top of that, you know, if you look at the deal that they gave him, they gave him pretty low money, not like vet men or anything like that, but pretty low money about what it would have cost, by the way, to go to Houston and pull Brennan Scarlett away on his restricted free agent tender. Oh, I'm just, rest I'm in peace. just saying. Rest in I'm just in peace saying. I'm just saying. We, we could have had Brennan Scarlett for about the same money as Damian Wilson, but no, he, he's a guy that just kind of fills a role, and he he's going to line up as that Sam, like Matt said, you know, 20 25% of the snaps, and and he's going to contribute just as a run defender and a flat pass coverage defender. I wouldn't count on anything major from him. I wouldn't count on him to be, you know, some big factor in the game. He's just kind of, kind of be that guy that rotates in on rushing downs.
0: I was, I was kind of surprised to see that move. Like, I, I, I'll just be frank with you guys. I had no idea who Damian Wilson was (laughs) until four hours ago. I, I did not. know. You obviously
2: didn't watch as much Anthony Hitchens Cowboys tape. (laughs) No, I I didn't. I, I
0: I wasn't responsible for that thank god um, <laughs> so no I, I I did not know who he was I, I don't keep up with Dallas Cow, Cowboys linebackers so it's a good linebacker group you actually it should is. watch them yeah.
2: when you're tired of watching the Chiefs it's a, it's a <laughs> lot of fun can't let me tell well, you this
0: year they're fun yeah so I I would I, kill for Jalen and Sean Lee right now let's I, that'd be all right even Sean Lee like Sean Lee plays less never mind Never mind. <laughs> that's not a. That's not even a. Pro, that's not a good joke right now. Not today.
1: Uh, not today. The,
0: too soon. Even too early. <laughs> <laughs> I just. I mean, Sean Lee hasn't played much the last few years. That's all. Um, okay. I want to talk. We'll talk real big. Real quick about Carlos Hyde too, because the Chiefs they brought Carlos Hyde into the mix as well. They they got another running back. Um, I'll I'll start with Maddie. I know this is a guy that you were really excited to see the Chiefs side.
2: Yeah, and I think you have to look past his little stint with Cleveland and Jacksonville, and you gotta go back to Frisco when he was getting more run out of the shotgun, when he had a little Frisco. bit more creative an offense. It's what, what the cool kids
0: call San Francisco, Frisco.
2: Oh yeah, I I'm real cool and hip Kent. I have the the, the hair flipped down and everything, my man.
0: There's a Sir Mix a lot song where he calls it Frisco. The what's up okay, guys, okay. what's up okay this pod is please just, continue no 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 you please continue i want to hear more of sir Mix no. a lot
2: from <laughs> kent.
0: i used to have that i used to have a lot of that song memorized but yeah. so we're, um, we're carlos on.
2: Hyde, <laughs> carlos Hyde, go back you gotta watch him in frisco san francisco sorry i can't say frisco <laughs> around kent he'll get you You got to go back, look at him before the foot injury. I know this is a ways back now, but that's why it's a cheap contract for a guy that is extremely talented. He was at Ohio State with Ezekiel Elliott. Yes, I think it was pretty clear that Elliott was a better player, but Hyde was still able to take touches away from keep him as his backup for a while. He's a big-bodied running back. He moves pretty well. He's light on his feet. He catches the ball well, and he's very good in pass protection. In reality, he's Spencer Ware that has just had a little bit higher upside at some point in his career and he's going to get about the same money they were going to pay Spencer Ware. It's just a nice little move to make. Brett Veach came out and told you they were going to sign or draft a big running back with soft hands. They went and did it immediately. Again, it shouldn't be a surprise. Veach was an open book with this one. He said, hey, this is what I like. This is what I love. Oh, look, Carlos Hyde got cut. You're coming to Kansas City, and we're not going to let you leave. We're going to take you to Q39 and order real barbecue and not a chicken sandwich, all right? (laughs)
0: Uh, I I am a big Carlos Hyde fan too, and I I wrote I wrote up on him. I think he's a, a perfect fit for what the Chiefs are trying to accomplish. He's capable in the pass game. You actually you you back and watch the Frisco tape. He has a couple nice routes. He he wasn't just running swing routes and flat routes and and catching over the ball on checkdowns. Like he actually had a little bit of route tree to him. I think he can do. You're you're right. The things that Spencer Ware was asked to do. I think you could probably put him on a on a seam kind of the same way that Spencer Ware did too. He's got that capability in him. Um, I think it is. I, I think there's value to him too. I don't think. I think he's. I I think he's better than Spencer Ware. I think he's got a better chance of producing and potentially staying healthy too. Uh, We'll see Uh, this year than Spencer Warewood. So I think there's plenty of juice left in him, and I think they're going to get good value this year. I think think Damian Williams is still the guy that's going to wind up leading the committee. I think he's earned that opportunity. He's been in the system for a long time. But if Carlos Hyde, if you had to lean on him and ask him to do what Damian Williams does, he pretty much can. And he can carry a load the same way Damien did late in that season, so he's insulated that that position uh, a little bit here. I like the move. Um, so we were going to answer some questions in the mailbag, but we don't have time because so much stuff has happened. Apologies for that, but um, we'll uh, we'll go ahead and we'll uh, we'll we'll catch you next time. We'll try to answer more uh, questions down the road if you have a chance. Go to gum.co <laughs> slash KC Draft, promo code Damien with an E. You get a a guide for six ninety nine. Or you can go to promo code uh Damien with an A and get a free guide if someone hasn't already taken it. Oh, that's already gone. Yeah, if you made it this it's-
1: far in the podcast, it's gone.
0: I hope someone I hope someone does actually the, the the guides go quick the the free guides do typically go quick whenever we uh, whenever we put one up like within 10 minutes but you didn't hear that from me thank you guys for uh, listening and we will talk to you
1: later eyeball emoji.